Welcome everyone to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. My name is Tim Grady. I'm here with my co-host Lou Weiss. Lou is president of All Metals and Forge Group, a company that manufactures seamless roll rings and open die forgings. So if you're looking for that kind of material for an industrial application or a machine, go to steelforge.com. And joining us today is Tim Fiore, who is the committee chair for the Institute for Supply Management's Manufacturing Report on Business. Tim joins us every month to give us an update, and the numbers look fabulous. Tim? Yeah, really, really good month again. Another great month. Uh, you know, we started climbing out of this uh, post-pandemic situation back in August, and the numbers just continue to get better, better, better. Uh, you know, the headline number was down a little bit compared to March, but there's a good reason for that. It's not because of lack of demand. It's because we continue to have problems on the input side uh, as well as labor issues. So 60.7 on the PMI. Uh, I'll take that number every day of the week, every month of the year for as long as I continue to do this job. So let's kind of get that clear. You will uh, then for sure get a yellow jacket. Oh, you bet. I mean, the, the number last month, I think, was near record setting. Uh, but there's a good explanation for this, I think. I, I think we continue to struggle with labor issues across not only our panelist company, but also our supply base. Uh, and it's getting to the point where we're now in a situation where wage increases are seriously being looked at. Uh, we had 10% of our employment comments were turnover related, which I think was a bit alarming. That is absolutely not an efficient way to run a factory to have constant turnover. And the reason there's turnover is because people are leaving for other jobs that pay more. That's generally what happens on the factory floor. So, uh, you know, last month, I think we reported that there's a lot of people who uh, there's a real retention issue at not only our panelist companies, but their suppliers and people would show up for work and then you have 100 people show up and then 90 wouldn't come in three days later. And uh, and I, I think that's simply because the, uh, you know, the support that's out there for staying out of work. And but I, I will also say before we get into the depths of this report is that I've been traveling up and down the, the uh, 95 corridor. So I've seen a number of different states and how they're dealing with this. Uh, I've been in and out of uh, the Northeast several times now in the last six weeks, and, and I live in South Florida, and it is night and day. And I'm, I'm fortunate enough to live in a really sunny area where every day the sun comes out, the buildings are relatively newer, they're higher ceilings, uh, air conditioning obviously is very prevalent down here, whereas up in the Northeast it's not so much. And you, know, you go up in the Northeast, and, and uh, once you, you cross into Maryland and so forth, you see signs about employees looking to hire uh, you know, companies saying that they're shutting because they can't hire people for the afternoon, primarily in the hospitality industry now, granted. You don't see any of that down here in, in Florida. So there's, there's a different way that everybody's dealing with this. I think the summary of it all is the vaccines continue to be deployed. People need to be vaccinated. Uh, that's the only way that we're going to continue to drive this expansion. Uh, your listeners know that the manufacturing economy leads the U.S. global, uh, uh, the, the U.S. economy. Transportation leads the manufacturing economy. We're still strong on the transportation side. 28% of my general comments are transportation related, very similar to last month. I don't think we've seen the peak on the transportation issues yet, whether they be containers or ports or road freight, which means then that the manufacturing economy still has rooms to grow and the service economy is following right behind it. So. That's kind of the overview on this thing. We got you know 20 minutes or so to get into the detail. Well, then considering that, why don't we get to it? All right. So, so you know, I like to talk about demand, consumption, and inputs. 
Demand was again, a very, very strong month. Uh, we had new order levels of 64.3, down slightly from the prior month. But 64.3 is a fantastic report. Production level of 62.5, I think that was hampered. It could have been higher and I'll explain that in a minute. But, oh, let me stay on the demand side. So we had new orders of 64.3, new export orders relatively flat at 54.9. I mean, that's a little bit concerning. It was down last month, but I think you know our, our international partners are still struggling a bit. And you see the, the China PMI is still at 51, which is surprising when people have said China's doing so well, but not a surprise when you look at Europe or for that matter, Latin America. So our global partners still need to come back. Uh, so new export orders were okay, not great. The, the big thing was customer inventories set another record again, meaning that our panelist companies, customers do not have enough material to sell. Uh, we've had, I think, nine straight months of under 40, which Remember, 50 is about right, 51 is too high, 49 is too low. We're talking here, we came in at 28.4, unbelievably low number. So lots of opportunity for the future. And then, you know, my favorite number here is backlog grew again to another record at 68.2, uh, up from 67.5, which was itself a record. And these are records that go back to the early to mid 90s. So, you know, all in all, demand was very good. And we ended the month with record backlog and record empty shelves. So that's really good. So what happened? Well, you know, what happened was conversion. Um, you know, production of 62.5 was good off 5.6. Why is that? Well, could be labor related, could be material related. It's one or the other. You know, we, we know that we have labor issues. Labor relaxed a little bit to 55.1. I would have hoped to see that increase, but as I mentioned at the start of the show, labor is at the core of the problem here. And now that we're starting to uh, consider paying people more wages, that's a, that's a whole inflation discussion we'll have at the end of the conversation. So, so then it comes down to inputs. Uh, supplier deliveries, have, they've been struggling now since we climbed out of this thing. They were struggling even during the pandemic because they had trouble with factory floors and getting people to come to work too. But at a 75 number, slightly off from the prior month, that's still, a, a, you know, very, they're struggling. You really want supplier deliveries at a 58 or so. 56, 58 is good. 75 is difficult. So, and, and I think I've been mentioning that, uh, you know, the inventory number hanging around 50 plus or minus one says that we've kind of achieved an equilibrium, but we really want to grow the inventories to be able to have enough uh, assurance that we can really deploy people and convert material. Well, the inventory was, I think is a story this month. It dropped 4.3 points, 46.5 on the raw material inventory side. So we consumed more inventory than we actually received. That's the summary on that. And we could have consumed more inventory if we had it. And I think that's the, the issue around the PMI dropping off a little bit. Uh, but you know, on the input side, so imports were, were down a little bit. We're still reflecting problems at the ports. Uh, still haven't cleared that. The initial thought was that would clear in May and June. Now the feeling is it's going to clear in August, September, and it probably will carry right through until the holiday season. So we're probably dealing with drayage issues and container issues all the way through until January, February of next year, which is not a bad thing. It's just something that we're going to have to deal with. And then, you know, the, the, the big story here around prices at almost 90, uh, you know, up, up again from 85.6 in the prior month, uh, the whole discussion around inflation that I'm sure we're going to have before the conversation is over. So, Great uh, month, uh, you know, the story is really around inventories, uh, validated by the fact that customer inventories and backlog continue to be at record levels, which indicates that we just can't get enough people on the factory floor to work and we just can't get enough material to convert it. 
we don't hear much in the news, uh, and I, I want to bring it up, see what your input is uh, regarding uh, the tariffs. It's almost like a topic that's not even discussed anymore. Uh, yet uh, the American people are paying that tax on an ongoing basis, and they don't even know it. So uh, what do you hear on any of that? It doesn't seem as though our present administration is uh, all excited to uh, get rid of it, or he's planning to use it as a bargaining chip uh, with regards to American and U.S. issues. But that's my thought. Yeah, yeah. Tariffs, tariffs at this point, I mean, tariffs haven't been an issue since the pandemic. And we know they're still there, uh, and not just on China. We know they're still there, and they're being slowly and I'll say judiciously evaluated, and I'm waiting for the strategy. But I think, you know, until we kind of get beyond the summer, I don't think we're going to see it until the fall. And because it, so it's not really an issue. You know, it's not. And I'll tell you, when it comes to supply demand, uh, this is the first month where it's been very clear that buyers will pay whatever it takes to get the material they need. Our, uh, our raw material lead times are the highest level in the last three years, if not longer than that. I was only able to really go back a couple of years. Uh, to, so the lead times are being shoved out. A lot of comments around that again. I haven't had that many comments on lead times since January, February. Shortage issues are still very high. Uh, usually you have lead time comments first and then shortage issues show up later. Later, and Then if you get into another cycle, then man, you've really got something going here. But we're into that other cycle now. Lead times are again being an issue. So you know, usually you kind of lay it out and it kind of goes away and it becomes shortage, shortage, shortage. And we went from lead time to shortage to lead time. So there's no doubt that buyers are going to pay whatever it takes. The priority here is get the material, do whatever it takes. And, and that conversion happened really in the uh, probably the late March, early April timeframe. You got to keep the factories running. You need to get the revenue. You need to absorb that fixed cost. And that's what's happening. So it's a, it's a difficult time for buyers for sure, because they're having to pay the variance. Uh, their companies are, are piling up that material price variance like big, big buckets. <clears throat> and, and we're going to see whether they pass it through. You, uh, you saw the earnings reports that have started to come out. They're all very strong. Uh, but, you know, they reflect inventory accounts that probably had material costs in there from late last year. So, like I've been saying for a couple of months, I mean, we're really not going to know about that pass through until Q2 earnings. And then, then we'll see the real story of it. But in, in the meantime, people are paying it. It's going into price variance. And they're, they're then trying to absorb it. But, you know, prices have to go up or margins get compressed if uh, the productivity number is there. Now, a lot, of you, a lot of your listeners know that we're getting ready to release our, uh, our update forecast. It's coming out on the 18th of May. Uh, you guys definitely will be signed up and we'll do one of these with uh, Anthony and myself. I'm very anxious to see it because if you recall, uh, in December, we forecast a 2.9% uh, increase in the calendar year 2021, of which 2.5% would be experienced in the first six months. Well, I would wager to, to guess that our panelists are going to come back and say that they've seen at least 4% so far year to date, and they expect another 3 to 4% through the end of the year. We will never, we haven't seen a year like that probably since Ever. I've been around. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've been around a while. So, but you know, the, 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 you know, the government's calling it transitory and it's, uh, it, it usually is transitory. It goes up, it comes down. That's why you have P&Ls. That's why you have margin. That's why you have productivity. Uh, when we get into an equilibrium situation, they'll, you know, definitely they'll relax. You know, steel's at 14 something, uh, the short ton should be at 650. 
Copper's no better, foods, everything's up. Plastics are up. Uh, the only sign of anything relaxing is really plastics and chemicals. Now that the, uh, the freeze issue is the uh, force majeures are abating on the Gulf Coast, uh, material starting to flow better. We're probably six weeks away from uh, a better balance. We have more access to plastics, more access to chemicals. You won't see it really in this report this month, but probably in May, you'll start to see some of the stuff show up down in price as uh, we get better to a demand. But the, the big concern now is that, you know, people are now raising wages. And you, if you raise wages, and that's part of the issue of, around employment, I, I, I believe, and the numbers support that, that we're having difficulty in hiring. But there's also an issue that, you know, you can hire whoever you want if you're willing to pay whatever it takes. But that problem with paying whatever it takes, you can't just take it back. And the only way you get it back is through a recession or a downturn. And you know, nobody really is counting on anything that looks like that until 2020, end of 2022 at this point. I think everybody thinks that the first half of 2022 is gonna be a strong half. So people are reluctant to raise the wages to the right level to get the people in and keep them. You, if you raise new employment wages, you have to raise wages for your workforce because you get out of balance. So you know, we're in that situation now. I, I think the, the, uh, the demand has been clear, it's not going away. It's, this isn't just a pent up demand that then peters out in a short period of time. Uh, companies are challenged with losing share if they don't maintain the proper employment levels. In order to do that, they have to raise wages. And that's really, that's inflationary. Wage raising is inflationary. Right, right now, I guess I would say that uh, the commodity markets are more uh, predatory from a pricing standpoint. It's not so much inflationary. Uh, have you heard any uh, rumors or stories that support the potential port strikes out on the West Coast? Uh, no, I have not. But is our, our contracts up for renegotiation this year? Or? Uh, I, I didn't dig in deep enough to uh, determine that. But uh, I was just wondering if that was something that you picked up on. Uh, no, but if, if it is happening, I'm hoping that the administration steps in and doesn't allow it. I think we've done that before. And yeah, now oh, yeah. it's time to do yeah. that again. <laughs> don't don't stop the ports. It's bad enough as it is. Right, correct. And yeah, I'll, I'll do some research on that. Tim, I'm just wondering if the current government uh, printing of money to put out stimulus checks is creating a real difficult time for employers to hire at the lower wage scale. Well, I mean, that's the part of the problem, Tim. I mean, uh, if, uh, especially at the lower wage scale, uh, the, the group of people who really don't, can't save that much money, not, I'm not gonna say don't, can't. The fact that we have enhanced unemployment through the end of September is not helping. It's not helping. I've heard stories of uh, you know, people showing up, new, new hires showing up and staying two, three days and leaving. And you don't just leave to go home hungry they're leaving to go home back on unemployment because they don't feel safe. And you know, I, I think we're at that point where you know, four or five months ago, I wouldn't disagree. But now we're at the point where, well, you know, get a vaccine then, you know, get out there, get vaccinated. If you wanna participate in the economy, get vaccinated. And I, and I think that any talk about extending those uh, unemployment benefits would be crazy. We, we all said months ago when they extended them all the way to the end of September, there was no need for that at least in the manufacturing economy, maybe in the service economy, maybe it fit well with restaurants and, and uh, movie theaters and hotels and all that, but 
in the manufacturing economy, we've been struggling for hire for people for a while. So let me give you some numbers on that. They're real interesting numbers. Uh, we had, you know, I count the employment comments. I've been watching the hire and the fire and attrition and everything. We had 76% of our respondents say that they were hiring or trying to hire. We had 0% saying that they were firing. Okay, good number. That's a good number. We had uh, 10 to 1 saying they were hiring versus force manage. And the force manage means hiring freezes, firing, or achieving goals through attrition. That number is up from, I think, 8 to 1 in the, in the March timeframe. As I mentioned, 10% of the comments were about turnover. And, and I've never counted turnover before because it's never been an issue. It's, it's now an issue. And which means that, you know, like I said, people are leaving for higher paying jobs down the street. They're not moving. This is direct labor. So they're going to another company that's offering higher wages, which forces everybody else to do the same. We had 28% of the total com, uh, comments uh, comment that they're having problems hiring. So remember, 76% said that they were hiring. 28%, almost a third of them, uh, more than a third of them, said that they were having trouble hiring. So that says to me, okay, time to make a decision. And the decision is raise your wages and, and or lose share. And you know, nobody's going to lose share. It's too hard to get it back. You lose share, it takes you two years to build it back. So this, I think that's the, that's the word for part of April, May, and probably June. Now, how about transportation, both in terms of trucks and ships? Clearly, for instance, coming out of China, there is a shortage of ships uh, and there's a shortage of containers. How long do you expect that to last, Tim? I think that's going to continue through the end of the year. I, I don't, because I, originally it was thought that it would go away in May, June. Now we're talking September, August, September, but then you're on to the holiday periods. So uh, this thing's probably going to continue through the end of the year. So we had uh, in our supplier delivery section, we had 39% of the respondents comment around transportation issues, same as last month. Uh, in the month of December, it was 24%. So it's not abating. It's continuing to get, to get worse. And until that peaks out, when those comments start to drop down to the 20, 25% level again, uh, then it's still continuing. In the general section, which you, know, you, you can put in whatever you want, 23% of the comments are transportation related, which is really high. I mean, I think the prior month was 18%. So, and you know, transportation, as I mentioned, leads manufacturing, which leads the services industry. And transportation is continuing to expand from the standpoint of economic activity. Uh, you know, as I mentioned last month, the, the issue is, is that with shortages at the supplier facilities and shortages at the panelist companies, Panelist companies are telling them ship a half a truckload. So what used to take one truck to you know, move inventory to the client is taking two trucks. That puts a big strain on not only the equipment, but on the driver issue. So, and it's not going away. It's still, still very strong. So the, you know, the other thing here, as we start to wind down is that, you know, I measure sentiment. What's the sentiment of the panelists? And I look for positive, neutral, and, uh, and not so positive. I track the not so positive and the positives. We were 11 to one positive in the month of April, up from eight to one in March. And it's been a steady sequence. And back in August, it started at 1.4 to one. So, you know, the supply community, supply management community is very bullish about the future. Uh, we're working through lots of challenges, transportation, 
supplier performance, our own company's ability or inability to hire. Uh, demand is still strong, uh, supported by the fact that customer shelves are still empty at record levels. And backlog is the highest that it's ever been since we've been measuring it in 20 some odd years. So it's a great story. Great month again. Don't get hung up on a four point loss on the PMI. <laughs> no, I, I get that. I get that. Uh, that's, uh, that's incredible. Do you, do you see any headwinds uh, coming sooner than 2022? Well, you know, I think the what Fed has been very clear time? that they're going to stay accommodative. You know, there's, there's, there's no move on the interest rates here, which is, is, is doing a lot, a lot of good. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to get into the, the, uh, the fiscal side of it too much, but I, you know, I think we kind of juiced it a bit here with this stimulus when, you know, it should have been more targeted. Like I said, manufacturing is doing fine. We don't need any more. <laughs> we don't, yeah, don't, right. stimulate, don't stimulate us anymore. If you want to build bridges and repair our bridges and resurface the roads and, and uh, develop the transportation system, by all means, go ahead. That's an investment that we can recover over time. The rest of it, I'm not sure about. I mean, I, the rest of it needs to be debated openly, I think, in a different form. And I'm a little bit concerned about it being a bit disingenuous and that it's being covered with this other stuff. And it's, you know, concerned about inflationary issues. As long as a dollar stays cheap, it's easy to, to spend dollars. But, uh, now you think about it, if you got back to the 5% cost of money, the $20 trillion debt, I mean, that would be a hell of a, a bill to pay every year. Yeah, dude. just one more quick question on customer inventories. If the uh, supply chain is constrained, if transportation is constrained, how long do you see customer inventories being constrained? Very low number. Well, I mean, the first thing is that uh, if you if you accept the fact that demand is going to stay constantly strong for at least the next six months, which there's no indication that it won't. I, I think last month I mentioned that even when the service sector reopens and the summer moves to the sprint to the fall and there's going to be a six month overlap of people still wanting cars and, and uh, goods, including durable goods. I think, you know, you need to see the labor come back. You need to see transportation ease. And then you'll see uh, customer inventory start to refill. And, you know, I, I think I'm going to be an optimist here and say it's going to be a natural occurrence. Uh, for me, natural would be getting back to 43, 44, not 50, 43, 44. And we're way off right now from that. I mean, we're what? We're 15 points off from that. That won't happen overnight. So, but, you know, the first indication will be, I think, that uh, you'll see the transportation numbers ease a little bit. And, uh, and right now... You know, I don't see it yet. Don't see it yet. Right, right. Well, Which is good. It's a good thing. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're going to see you on the uh, uh, May fifth, uh, May eighteenth, is it? Uh, for your next uh, six months prediction. Sounds good. Yeah, is that? Uh, are we going to do it live this year on the uh, at the ISM conference? Or are we going to do it separate? We'll have to tackle that when we get a little bit closer. I'd love to do it live if we can, but let's see what uh, our engineering people tell us. All right, sounds good. I look forward to it. Uh, hey, thanks for the interview. Appreciate it. Have a. I'll see you before before June first, I guess. Yes, sir. You, you right, thanks, guys. Appreciate Take it. Now. Thanks. Bye bye. And while you folks are looking online at this show, be sure to go to ISM. ISM's website, ismworld.org. 
for while you're surfing the web, go to J, sorry, jacketmediaco.com. That's where you'll find links to all of our podcasts, including this episode. And thank you for being with us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.